0: To be honest, I've been happy recently, but I haven't been seeking growth in my life, and I want to change that.
1: Hi everyone, and welcome back to To Be Honest. I'm your host, Grace.
0: And I'm your other host, Amy. And today, our topic is growth, or finding areas to grow, and just the whole idea of growing yourself as a person. because, as i said in the to be honest, i've been in a really good mood recently, except i feeling a lot more introspective, and i don't know, just overall being a lot more thoughtful about everything. i have had the revelation that, although i've been happy, i haven't really been growing as much, and i haven't been looking for areas to improve. And I remember having this conversation with Grace on the car. I remember she was telling me that growth is something that should come organically. Although I agreed to that to a certain extent, I was also just feeling dissatisfied of where my life was going, or I was just thinking a lot more. Mm,
1: I feel like I can kind of relate to this, even though Amy was accusing me of people-pleasing at first, <laughs> and she was like, which one do you want to do? But just because, I feel like even though I do believe that a lot of the time growth is organic, I feel like recently I haven't really had a theme in my life. Because I think Mm. a lot of the time I've had one self-improvement theme that I've been working on. And I think the last one that I kind of got out of was vulnerability. And by no means does that mean that I'm completely done with that now. I just feel like I'm a lot more comfortable being vulnerable with the people around me and I feel like that's no longer the major theme that I'm thinking of all the time but I'm not sure what the next one is and I don't know if this is just that you know normal transition period between kind of one chapter of your life to the next chapter of your life and I have to say that right now I'm feeling a little bit happier that mm. I have in a while which is really good nice but a few weeks ago I was feeling very listless that's mm-hmm. like the word that keeps them coming to mind mm-hmm. when, I was gonna say that one too my, oh my gosh <laughs> our brain cells are like connecting Yeah, it's a good word <laughs> but I've just been feeling kind of lost with my whole self-improvement journey
0: okay Kat I agree with everything you said back there and then just let me say i'm so proud of your vulnerability journey and then also (laughs) the whole feeling listed this thing i also feel like in the past we've discussed this before but having themes in your life or major things that you're trying to work on grace's was vulnerability for mine it was confidence for a while and then (laughs) i remember my dad and i were discussing my brother on the car hopefully he doesn't listen to this i don't think he listens to the podcast so let's shh but we were discussing my brother and then we were theorizing that he was having a midlife (laughs) crisis or something like that because I also don't really know where my life is going and I don't really have any goals that I'm working towards right now and then an excuse I've been using is that I'm just really busy with school so that's just not my priority right now but I feel like that that shouldn't get in the way of my personal goals because I feel like the lack of my personal goals for too long of a time will start making me feel a little complacent and a little dissatisfied eventually anyway
1: and i feel like for a long time we've been talking about kind of balancing life mm-hmm. and not going into crazy periods of grind mode yeah, and yeah, then yeah crazy yeah. periods of oh my gosh i have to get my mental health back on track because i've been <laughs> trying too hard in school or whatever and being super productive and i understand completely that sometimes when you're super busy especially ib12 you kind of have tunnel vision you're just like i just have to focus on school right now but I really like that you're still kind of making time for yourself or trying to take steps to make time for yourself.
0: Yeah, because then again, life is a marathon, not a sprint. Although IB12 is very often characterized as the most important period of your life or grade 12 in general i guess where you just need to grind out your grades and put your full effort in school and do the very best you can so you're set for the rest of your life that's not completely true it's also very important for you to be maintaining your mental health and everything anyways because you know college isn't going to be any less hard than high school i'm pretty sure it's worse than high school most college (laughs) students go like oh high school was so easy so i think it's it'd be a lot more beneficial for you in the long run to take care of your mental health and develop yourself while you can, so you suffer less in the future. Yeah, no, I- <laughs> And I 100%. think that's a common feel we feel anyways.
1: I completely agree with
0: that. hmm I think that I've also been inspired to talk about this topic because of a work that we've studied in English recently mm-hmm. called Brave New World, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> one w- of the themes w- in there bnw <laughs> grace was thinking I, I originally abbreviated it to bnw and grace was just staring at it going like what does that mean yeah i spent Am a I good a boomer? minute just like trying
1: <laughs> to figure out what it stood for I was like that doesn't work that doesn't work
0: <laughs> anyways but one of the themes in there is how much should we value happiness in our society kind of or is happiness the ultimate goal of life because especially in our society right now I feel like it kind of is. everyone says just be happy, and then i just want to be happy in the future, and that's a very common thought, and then i agree with that as well. but then then again, i do agree with the book's idea that happiness is great, but it's definitely not all there is in life, and feeling sadness and feeling these moments of introspection are extremely important anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it- i think it also touches on this idea of human nature, And what humans are meant to feel Or what the journey through um, a person's life is supposed to be like And it's not supposed to be constant happiness I don't think there's much value in that either Even before reading the book (laughs) Um, And I think it's important to have that feeling of dissatisfaction And then feel those moments of change And then eventually those moments of progress Where you're able to achieve your goals Because I think that's one of the essential parts of growing as a human
1: yeah definitely no i completely agree with that and i think it's very interesting because while amy was reading brave new world which as she said is a dystopian like classic i was reading another dystopian book which is a lot less classical literature but i don't know if any of you have heard of it but it's called scythe and it's like a very um I don't know. It kind of reminds me of a similar concept. Because in this dystopian world, there is no death or disease. And humans have basically conquered everything. And it's kind of the idea, like what Amy was saying, about how even though they don't have to worry about disease or to worry about survival anymore, the people aren't necessarily happy-happy because there's no longer that fight for survival, or that humanity, or like any sadness, I guess, to kind of contrast the happiness. So it's kind of the idea that like, without any sense of dissatisfaction or sadness, you won't really be able to appreciate happiness or joy or all these good things in life. And there was this other idea in the book, where basically, um, since there is no more disease, And since there's no more death, a very good question that Amy asked was, like, are people still reproducing and, um, overpopulation? (laughs) But basically, (laughs) there are certain people who are selected to glean, aka kill people, and they have certain amounts of people that they have to kill. But, like, there are also certain laws, like, the people that you kill slash glean can't Like, there can't be any racial bias or any age bias or anything like that. And anyways, it's this whole, like, council thing. It's your classic dystopian world. But all of the people who kill do it slightly differently. And one of the um, mentors of the main characters, the way she does it is she looks for people who have gone, quote-unquote, stagnant. Like, they don't have any life left to live in a way, where they've kind of stopped having that spark in their eye, or stopped um, looking forward to new things in life, and stuff like that. And it's this, it's something that you can see in someone by, like, the way they walk, or the way they carry themselves. And I thought that that was a very interesting concept, because in a world where everyone is immortal, It was interesting seeing like the mental age of people because people Mm. who are immortal can basically choose to um, become any age that they want to become. But then at the same time, you can still tell their almost like mental age slash mental tiredness that they have. But I thought that that was a very Mm -hmm. interesting concept, especially because we've been saying that we've been feeling a little bit stagnant in terms of self growth but i just wanted to throw that out there
0: yeah and um i don't want to go on the entire spiel but <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna take a little bit from my english teacher and say that um i don't completely under- understand this literature is about exploring the human condition or the question of what it means to be human Mm -hmm. that's what keeps on popping up in our classes although i don't fully understand it yet (laughs) but then yeah i think in your dystopian world in a world where people no longer die people no longer have to go through that cycle of life and death and then they don't live with the knowledge that they're gonna die anymore Mm -hmm. and then i think that also takes away from that necessity to grow or that feel that that sense of agency that you'd have otherwise because dude you got your entire life to do whatever you want you know what's the point of doing something right now if you can always just do it a millennium later yeah unless unless you get gleaned or whatever (laughs) then sucks for you (laughs) yes but yeah i think that explores a lot of the question of human nature and then how humans like feeling progress Mm -hmm. and then that whole idea of how self-help has stemmed from that sense I think I've mentioned this before, but I think the nature of self-help comes from people feeling that slight dissatisfaction in their life, and then what it offers is that feeling of doing something great, and then that feeling of making progress. I think that's kind of the train we're trying to get back on right now.
1: Yeah, (laughs) because of course it always feels good when you do have a theme that you're focusing on, or when when you do see the progress. And obviously we're not immortal. <laughs> so I feel like there's, I don't know, at least for me, I feel like there's a lot of, um, in the teenage years, you have to discover who you are and you have to become the best version of yourself you can be and all of that spiel. Mm-hmm. And I feel like part of that kind of, I don't know if this is external factors now. Maybe I'm just people-pleasing to what society is telling me. But I feel like that makes me feel like Maybe I should be on the self improvement grind, or I should be continuing to make myself a better person. And obviously, I want to make myself a better person.
0: Yeah, um, I think we've touched on this before as well, but of course, you don't need to force yourself into feeling self helpy um, because I think that you've had your own self help journeys um along the road anyways that happens organically as well just like your vulnerability journey and everything you know it, we never really forced you into that i don't think i hope not <laughs> but it came it came on its own and then it, it came as like, something you wanted to improve and then you worked hard on it and you achieved it so good for you
1: <laughs> thank you
0: yeah and then honestly i don't think i was going to bring this up as well but i thought it should be a separate episode on its own but i think we should respect um, the timeline of growing up and the timeline of your, I don't know, mental maturity as well, because it's just like reading books that are way out of your age range, you know? It's like you can read it, you can try, but you're gonna get really bored and you're not gonna understand any of it unless you're a child genius or whatever. (laughs) But I think we need to respect that the brain develops in certain stages, and then there's been a lot of psychology research on this. So then if you feel like this type of stuff isn't coming naturally to you yet, or you don't feel urge to do so then i don't think you should force it either because it'll come on your own as you continue on through your life and i don't know what exactly determines if it's your brain chemistry or if it's just like the experiences or the influences you've gotten throughout your life Mm -hmm. that um inspires you to do this type of stuff but it's definitely not that important And then I think I emphasize it a little too much
1: sometimes. (laughs) I think that was really well put. I I agree very much with that.
0: You want to know? Okay, I, I wanted to add, I don't want that to come off condescendingly at all. Cause if like, as I said before, just respect what feels right to you right now. And then if you feel like you're not naturally leaning towards that direction, then, then that just means that it's maybe not for you right now, but it doesn't mean that you're like behind on anything or you should be there or anything like that where someone else is ahead of you. That's just how it works.
1: Oh yeah. That was very well put. Okay. And I think that like, speaking of kind of self growth, self development journeys, I think that something that I've been realizing over the past little while is I'm learning to recognize my flaws a little bit more and becoming more well-rounded in that sense because I feel like before it was always kind of that area of the unknown. Like obviously I knew I wasn't perfect, I knew that I had a lot of flaws, but I felt like it was very hard to pinpoint exactly what they were and exactly how I could work on them, I guess. and. I don't know. There was almost a point earlier on now that I'm reflecting on it Um, in the past, maybe even like the later half of grade 10, I think, where I felt like I didn't have a lot of room to grow. And this was right before I started uh, working on my vulnerability and becoming more comfortable and confiding stuff. But that's making me think that maybe this is like Amy said, just like a part of the transition process, you know? Kind of like the part of the process of the journey, where maybe right now I don't know exactly what the next theme of my life is, or maybe I don't know what I want to work on next, but I feel like I will find that room to grow with time, and maybe it's also just like a part of the journey of life thing, where maybe right now I haven't reached that time in my journey to proceed into the next step. Cause like they're highs and they're lows. And obviously I feel like sometimes you need to give yourself time to do things rather than like Amy said, completely rushing into it and trying to speed run the whole process.
0: Cause we all know that if you rush it and try to get it over with the first time you're not gonna (laughs) do it properly and you're gonna have to come back and do it all over again anyways. (laughs) But at the same time,
1: although I very, very much agree with that. I've been wondering, and I think you've been wondering too, this is a question that Amy and I have kind of been asking ourselves, should we be pushing ourselves to find areas to grow? Like, obviously, um, we know that things will happen naturally.
0: But, okay, yeah, because the issue I was having was because I was happy, and I was pretty busy, so I just put off all of those previous goals that I had in the past and then I really stopped looking for areas to improve. And then I think when you're happy, you just really don't see it. And then, okay, I had this thought because um, Grace and I were discussing whether you should just live in the moment and be happy while you're there, right? But I was like, oh, what if there's this like future thinking, or I I'm pretty sure there's a proper term for this, but like aversion, like planning for the future and solving the problems before they happen rather than responding to them and taking action after they happen
1: Mm -hmm. like being proactive
0: yeah yeah i think i think that's it what if that follows a similar idea where it's better to push yourself to grow now at a steady pace and at at your own terms and then they'll help you suffer less crises in the future does that make sense
1: yeah that does make sense Mm -hmm. because i feel like kind of like the whole mental health journey too if you equip yourself with the tools you need to take care of yourself now and to grow now then when the time comes you'll find it a lot easier to I guess like fit in or rise up to an opportunity because you have already made yourself a like one of the best versions of yourself that you can be you know Mm -hmm. and I feel like I actually hear that a lot with um relationship advice too and I don't know if this is just like the kind of relationship advice people blindly dish out to make single people feel better but that's okay thanks Um, (laughs) I've heard a lot where it's kind of like you should work on your you should like take time um while you're single to work on yourself a lot so that when you find someone else you can be too like very good whole people and then you can come together to have an amazing relationship rather than being half of a whole and like relying on each other to fill those holes
0: yeah i relate to that as well and then also this is a pretty common narrative but you should be focusing on yourself and then people will come to you rather than searching for someone uh, really hard right now when you're not completely happy with yourself and you think that getting a relationship will solve all your ha- problems and make you happy because <laughs> that's not what it should be doing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to people who have never really been into a relationship, giving relationship advice <laughs> as we do.
0: Doing our best. <laughs> but okay, this, this is just to comfort us as well for our sad r- romance lives, but it's okay. <laughs> okay and then this question is basically the same one as the past one but rather than should we be pushing ourselves to find areas of growth, like while you're happy do you think the desire for change needs to stem from a place of discontentment like you need to feel discomfort or you need to feel discontent with yourself in order to change so that's saying that our previous statement would not really work because you wouldn't be motivated to change without feeling that pressure i think it's
1: interesting that we have kind of explored both sides but i'm gonna expand on it a little bit because i feel like when mm-hmm. we were talking about the dystopian books we were reading um in the books that we were reading it had that idea where if there is no discontentment then maybe you can't fully appreciate being happy and maybe you can't fully uh embrace change or look for change and I feel like on the flip side, I always hear people saying, oh, you should be happy with yourself, but also want to grow. Like you should already love yourself for who you are, but also want to be a better person. and. I don't know how true that is. And also that is so, so hard because Mm -hmm. even if you started off in a place where you loved yourself, I feel like sometimes you get so focused on the progress and so focused on trying to improve that you aren't really happy with yourself anymore. And Mm. I am honestly not completely sure where I stand with this just yet. I feel like the desire for change doesn't have to stem from a place of discontentment. But I feel like discontentment kind of jolts us and is a really good motivator for change because Mm. I feel like if something is making you very uncomfortable, there's a lot that you'd be willing to give up to try and get rid of whatever's making you uncomfortable. And I know that change is always really hard. Like, for example, I like some of the routines that I have, and it's really hard to break out of old habits. But I feel like if there is enough discomfort, then it'll almost like to your brain, it'll be worth it to, um, however difficult it is to overcome that challenge and try to change yourself or try to change a habit that you have. But I don't know if it always has to come from a place of discontentment. And I don't know if it mm. should come from a place of discontentment.
0: Yeah, because the two ideas that we presented don't have to be mutually exclusive ideally they wouldn't be I think like you'd be able to feel happy and then find ways to make progress and continue your growth journey even when you're in a good place and then that'll prevent you from getting into worse places in the future cause yeah like same idea that I have mentioned before it really takes me getting into a less happy mood in order to start getting on that or start feeling motivated to get on that train again Um, And Grace was mentioning settling into old routines and trying to change and then kind of needing a motivator that may come in the form of some negative uh, repercussions. But, like, I've been having a huge. This is a little bit hypocritical when we're talking about, oh, I need to find areas to change. Because there is one very obvious area of change that I need to make (laughs) in my life, which is getting up on time in the morning. (laughs) Because I've mentioned this again and again, but I still can't do it. And then it's causing my mother much stress. And I apologize wholeheartedly if she's listening to this. But I can apologize, but that makes it worse. Because, like, I'm still not changing it. So that's just saying that, like, I'm not ignorant anymore. But it makes it seem like I'm purposely fully doing it even though i know it exists right because you expect yourself to know that once it exists then you're gonna change yourself it's not that easy (laughs) but yeah anyways i have been just getting up later and later and later in the morning my my like personal hygiene standards have just been going downwards and then and then like my mom and i always have to run out of the door and into the car because we also have a carpool person so we can't be too late right so in that sense i feel like i've been psychoanalyzing myself a little bit And I have seen in this example and in previous instances uh, times where Amy might need to get a bit of a negative repercussion or a negative consequence in order to make um, immediate change in her life. Because I think she's quite good at understanding areas of growth and knowing where she wants to change, but she's also quite bad at taking action on those by herself if she has no reason to, objectively. If it's solely for the cause of bettering herself as a person, I will stop talking in the third person now. <laughs> yeah. But I remember past Amy had this huge long list of growth goals. Like we've mentioned it many, many times before like exercising daily, reading daily, being a better friend, etc. But I haven't been making that big steps on any of those or I have for maybe a week and then I kind of <laughs> just fall off the train again because she's very inconsistent oh no I'm talking the the person again so yeah maybe Amy does need uh discontentment and discomfort in her life in order to make a change
1: I was thinking of um I had to write some smart goals uh, smart goals for my IEP and I was just looking over them again today and I was thinking like some of them I could technically, even if I'm not feeling super inspired by the goal, I could adopt it and make it into a theme in in my life. For example, careers. That was one of the goals that I had, like, ask people about what their um, careers are like, or what it's like working at a certain job, or just, like, be more cognizant of the people who do work in our community, and just, like, exploring potential routes that I could go down and I feel like if I wanted to right now I could make that into a theme of my self-improvement life even if I'm not feeling super motivated by that theme
0: yeah I mean honestly that's not that bad of an idea because we keep on saying that a change happens organically actually no we've been saying that change does not necessarily happen organically but (laughs) (laughs) but um i think it's good to randomly just choose one goal that you want to work on and just keep it there because it's better than having nothing and then realistically it's not going to do anything bad to you either and it's not like you can only choose one if one comes up in the future you can just switch goals that's fine while keeping the other one at the back of your mind the back of your mind still so okay that's very true. slam and i feel
1: like in this episode i feel like Um, at least for me, I feel like I've been very wishy-washy in between all of the different approaches to certain questions where maybe one moment I'm like, well, this side, but then on the flip side, and I think a lot of that is just because I have not developed very strong opinions on a lot of these topics yet, and one of the sources or actually a few of the sources that i've been reading um they've been kind of giving ideas for how you can start your self-improvement journey or how you can find areas of growth and a lot of the sources have step one as know yourself and i think that's very hard for Especially for me, just a teenager. Um, I don't, I feel like I don't know who I am. And I feel like a lot of the time, people kind of expect you to know who you are. Or they're like, oh, um, right now everyone wants to hear the voices of youth, and they want to hear what youth are thinking, and what youth want to say. Or like, I've just been hearing a lot of people uh, say stuff along the lines of, like just be yourself and stuff like that where it's very hard to kind of know who you are when you're still in that self-discovery journey of who you want to be and I feel like it's also kind of complicated because it feels like you can change a lot about yourself but the whole self-improvement thing Mm -hmm. like I feel like for a while um I was falling too hard into the I want to change myself a lot uh type of camp to the point where i felt like i was just like a robot who was somehow mechanically engineering myself to be the quote-unquote perfect person but i don't know is that what we should always striving towards towards being our mind of the perfect person is that the best version of ourselves that we can be or is the perfect person separate the best version of ourselves it can be this is getting very philosoph-
0: philosophical. That that's a good question honestly <laughs> it's like if we have the ability to change ourselves um exactly to who we wanted to be mm-hmm. should we do that
1: yeah and also um, if like how much does who we want to be align with our mental picture of the best person like the ideal perfect person
0: Are you saying that your idea of a perfect person is different for who you want to be?
1: Not necessarily. I feel like for a while I was trying to turn myself into my idea of a perfect person. But I'm wondering if that was just for me or if everyone... Like, if for other people they have discrepancies between their vision of their best version of themselves... And their idea of the perfect person. Does that make any sense?
0: Wait, wouldn't wouldn't you, ex- wouldn't you expect the perfect person to be the same person as who you want to be?
1: I'm not sure. I mean, I'm actually not sure.
0: Okay, wait. Give me an instance in your life where you had a version of yourself that you wanted to be. Like, you had an idea of who you wanted to be. But there is a discrepancy between that and your idea of the perfect mm-hmm. person.
1: Okay. Well, I feel like maybe when I was younger, the idea of a perfect person I don't know how much this is influenced by society, but there's that common conception that the idea of a person perfect person is kind of like really talented and really kind to everyone, and like that kind of thing, whereas maybe the person who I wanted to be or, like, the best version of myself. Wait, hold on. I feel like there's a better way to put this. Okay, I feel like for a while, I was very much um, in the camp of, oh, I should try to do everything for everyone else. Like, this was very much my people-pleasery, serving side coming out. But... I feel like even though I wanted to be someone who was almost a little bit self-sacrificial sometimes, I feel like in my head, maybe the perfect person wasn't quite like that, you know, whereas the perfect person might have more more self-confidence in themselves and maybe be really talented and also have like a good balance in life. With all these different things does that make sense
0: (laughs) yeah but you want that right like mm. i feel like
1: in a twisted way i kind of wanted to be someone who was almost like too nice but
0: that's interesting i don't know (laughs) like okay it took it took me a a while to understand your idea but now that i get it that's quite interesting because i cannot say that i fully relate to that either but i definitely know what you're talking about um and then i can kind of see that manifesting in your behavior as well because you are a very very stereotypical very very (laughs) extremely nice person and then you do have the self-sacrificial vibes sometimes or the very I'm selfless type of person. And then when you were providing that example, I was actually expecting it to be the other way around. I was expecting it to be that the perfect version of a person would be that like selfless, like almost, sorry, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus-like Jesus type of figure in society. Um, but then the version that we realistically wanted to be was the opposite of someone who was able to maintain a balanced um, balanced, balanced oh, mind, yeah. <laughs> a balanced I can version see of that themselves. Too. Yeah, which yeah, so when, when you provided that, the flip side, I was just like, <laughs> oh, that that wasn't yes. expected. but it's very interesting. Yeah, I like I don't that know. idea. I don't
1: know. <laughs> so definitely send in feedback if you have any on that point because we're working it out. <laughs> and since I feel like both of us aren't quite sure, exactly where we stand on that, I feel like we need to know more opinions. Like, I definitely want to know if any of you out there listening, if your idea of a perfect person is different from your idea of your ideal self. And if you have any thoughts that you'd like to share on that point, or any other point in the episode, or if you just related, or have anything that you'd like to tell us, you can find us on Instagram. Please don't hesitate to send us a DM or to comment on our post here at to be Honest, Pod.
0: Yep. And thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for your support. If you want to head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and share this podcast with anyone who you think might be interested, then that would be greatly appreciated as well.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for listening and
0: we'll, we'll see, you see you next, next week. week.